Down by the river, down by the river, we took a little walk. We took a little walk. I'm gonna tell you a story. Dirty Water Sports presents the Down by the River podcast with your hosts Tim Galicio and Paul Testa. Hello and welcome to season number two, episode number four of Down by the River, a once every half season podcast <laughs> from the folks at Dirty Water Sports. I'm Tim Deloisio. He's Paul Testa. And Paul, our efforts are really strong efforts to wait out John Farrell as we are Big movers in the fire hashtag fire feral movement um, did not come to any any uh, positive gains there. Uh, we're back on the air, and John Farrell is still the manager of this slightly sinking ship that is the Boston Red Sox. Reactions, Paul? It's been a long season, Tim. It's uh, I David Ortiz <laughs> retired two years ago, right? It feels that way. <laughs> it. I mean, I think I've said numerous times that I didn't think. Not that I didn't think the Ortiz retirement would affect the team much like in regards to production and things of that nature, but I thought they'd give us some flexibility in the lineup without him being there. I thought this team was a great hitting team, uh, but it – I didn't re- – I, I underscored the amount of personality that was leaving the Boston Red Sox when he retired, uh, and this team is – you got great players. You got Chris Sale. You know, you got Mookie Betts. You have Jackie Bradley Jr. You these are – I mean, do they even have any fun whatsoever besides the little dances in the outfield at the end of wins? Like this team has zero personality. Which is funny because he, when you think about it, you, you if you take all those guys individually, I think they do have personality, right? And I think that they – last year – we kept talking. They showed a lot of joy, right? They were a fun team to watch. It seemed like not only were we getting a team that was on the rise um, performance-wise, right, that was going to hit their peak, but that we had all these interesting people, interesting players, and it, it does. It kind of seems like the, you know the the personalities lacking. And I, I mean, I keep, David Ortiz obviously is a big part of that, um, and maybe the young players last year were just so swept up in all the Ortiz stuff that they didn't realize that they had to do stuff on their own, right? That they had to, you know, that they had to find their own um, way and that, that maybe this is a hangover from that, right? There's just the, all, all this stuff going on with the clubhouse. And and it, then again, remember all the time we talked about how when we saw the shots of the young players in the clubhouse, Paul, who were they hanging around with with their arm around, right? Who were they who were they talking to when we'd see Mookie Betts or Jackie Bradley Jr.? Were they talking to John Farrell? No, they were talking to Tori. Right. And so back then we made a point that mm-hmm. it wasn't Farrell that these guys were gravitating towards that we'd see them, you know, smiling with and um I don't know. I I I I, th- I put a lot of the faults of this team squarely on John Farrell even more this year than I have in previous years. And you know what? They were winning despite it. Despite playing subpar baseball, despite all of the, 
you know, the, the nagging injuries and the, the, they just never really put it together. And at one point they were five and a half games up in the division right. and it looked really? like they were starting to, to turn it on. Um, and, and right around then, right, is when this price X stuff happened and it's been a nosedive ever since. It really has. And I mean, that's the other thing I can't think. I mean, I guess you go back to, uh, 2011, uh, you know, the last time you really hated some, I hate's a strong word, disliked a member of the Boston Red Sox. And, and there is great dislike for David Price. He is a whiny little bitch. I mean, that's the only thing it, it, it is unpleasant to have him on this team. This guy is making and I, it's not the matter of that he's making 31 million dollars. It is the fact that um he is miserable here making 31 million dollars. That's what like so if you're miserable, I I don't have no solution for you other than you walk into Major League Baseball headquarters and say, "I want out of my contract. I will just get out of it." Like and go somewhere else. Sign a $10 million a year deal one year. Reestablish yourself. It's been proven time and time again that some really good pitchers that can't handle Boston will go on and be successful other places. Get your ass out of here and forget the $31 million because you're miserable. We don't like you. And, I mean, the if you go to Friday and what he said in regards to the Eckersley thing, when he finally talked, only talked because Dan Shaughnessy did some work and everyone can hate Dan and Dan can be critical, but he did some work and finally gave us some backstory. To and that. you know, and you know, what was great about it. He didn't add commentary. He didn't yeah. make it about himself for the first time in a long time. And it made it so much more credible news story than, than if it was a typical shank piece that you could, you know, just kind of write off a whole bunch of, it. This was the, the this was straight up and you know pretty much corroborated by a lot of people. Now there was a lot of um, a lot of stuff after the fact, like the yeah. Fred Toucher Pedroia report, and also I mean it really the the fans started flaming and everybody got caught up. Um, and now I think there is a lot of misinformation, but I think you know obviously Shaughnessy got his part right. Well, yeah, and I mean, break it down. It was an ambush. I don't care who was clapping. What I mean, I do care who was clapping. But well, if but not only was, was clapping, it an ambush, it was it was a premeditated ambush. Like, right. it, and, I mean, and it, then it was a bullying session. We're, yeah. we're we're talking about kids that are getting bullied in schools yep. and and just that mentality. We have a president that bullies people every single um, day on Twitter. Like this is not this is not how you treat. Specifically, the media. You don't treat the media this way as adults. Like you don't bully your way. And I, I can't help but laugh. Like you know, like Ak hasn't done a game since that long stretch, right? Yep. Like, so is he on the way out? And he's one of the enjoyable pieces coming in, specifically with with Remy being out uh, with his uh, other uh, uh, cancer treatment, and and hope everything goes well with that. And we do miss him. Uh, but now you have, like I'm listening to Johnny Gomes over the weekend, and I'm listening to Johnny Gomes tonight, and it, and I listened to him on the radio talking about being on, and he was just always look for the positive and the negative. No, like no, like call it as you see it. You don't cover first base. Call the guy out on it. Yep. You know, like if the guy's dilly dallying on the mound and you know not throwing the pitches and is is hesitant on what he can do, call him out on it. Like we're we're. We're mature enough. We want that's what we want as fans is the game to be called real. Not see uh, Xander Bogots tag up from first base and get thrown out at second and kill an inning, um, and say like, "Well, that was really good hustle," you know? Uh, <laughs> no, it was a bad frigging baseball decision. You don't do that. Well, yeah, and, and you know what? If you're, you know, let's let's go the the Tommy Heinsohn route, right? 
the the only way that works with the Red Sox is if it's someone literally like David Ortiz who is cheering for them, it, you know, and but has the personality to back it up, and that would get old. Pace. Yeah, it, it doesn't, doesn't have... and that would get old fast. But that's like you would have to be such an anomaly, I think, to really get away with um, with being the analyst and being that much of a homer. Yeah, and I I mean I I think we as a as a fan base might like that with Tommy, right? It's funny. I love Walter. I mean, going back to Walter McCarty or just Isaiah Thomas, he, he brings the excitement of a fast-paced game into a thing. But, you know, I I don't think it works in baseball. I don't think we want it in baseball. Um and you shouldn't demand it. Like like the baseball players shouldn't demand that the the people like one of the comments that drove me up a wall with what price said was was like well ever since i had the confrontation uh he's been a lot nicer shut the fuck up like <laughs> he's first of all <laughs> like that wait, what because you you beat up a guy on an airplane a, a, a hall of famer on on an airplane he's bowing down to you number one he's not bowing down to you there was nothing credible and then you you David Price, and whether you're injured or not, um, if this if the pain is on a scale of one compared to what it was when it was a ten, you should have pitched. There's yeah. no reason you should have been on the DL. Yeah, that was that stunk to high hell. <laughs> really, I mean, I, I I look, I I know it's convenient to to think that um, it was more than an injury, but I do. I think it was more than, more than an injury. That caused him to bag out, you know, bag out of that start, and and whether whether it was him or the Red Sox organization or jointly, I think I think all of them have some hand in them saying, eh, "You got a little discomfort, probably a good time for a break." I think that's yeah. that's the way it went down. It that, wasn't it, yeah. it it wasn't you know I don't want to start or I'm not going to start. It, it was it was yeah. it, but it, it you can't tell me it didn't have something to do with it. Oh, it definitely – I think it definitely had something to do with it, and I think the fact that it was leaked – you know, pre, I mean this was a quick timeline, but it was leaked that he was having elbow discomfort, and I, and I want to give the guy credit who actually reported that, and I can't think of who it is. I don't uh, remember. Uh, but he, he put it out there, um, and then about an hour, hour and a half later, uh, priced to the DL. But it seemed like the team leaked that – you know, maybe this isn't going to happen. We don't know what's going on with David Price. Yeah, um, and he might not be able to make this start. Uh, and to me, that begs David Price saying maybe calling Thursday night or sending a text message to Farrell um, in the middle of the night. Oh, my elbow hurts. <laughs> I can pitch. Uh, and they're just like, "What the hell is this?" And they're scrambling to try and figure it out. I'll tell you. I wonder if he was healthy enough, and if there would have been any talk to try and see if they could have moved him at the deadline. I mean, obviously being injured, it it blows it out of the water. But, like, are you telling me that you could, like, the Dodgers might not have been interested in a conversation? Well, if Um, you have your choice between you, Darvish, or David Price, if you, Darvish, was on the table, they were going to spend on you uh, versus Well, but the price could have been a – I mean, maybe they could have nailed both. I mean, you you could have structured it. It would have been a much different type of deal than – Listen, I'm done eating money. We got rid of one fat ass that, like, we're going to be paying $19 million a Alan year. Alan Craig? No, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that's the other one. But, I mean, we got, you know, Panda's gone. He, you know, that that's, like, I'm tired of, like, 
good, supposedly good players coming to the Red Sox yeah. and then us just shipping them off. So David Price, pitch well. You know, you're afraid you're going to get booed in Boston. Guess what? You're going to get booed. You took you took on someone that an entire fan base really likes. They yeah. don't love him. I mean, they're not. They're just fans of him. He they they enjoy his commentary. That and it wasn't even like that. You call called him out and be like, you know, took him to the side. It's how you did it. You acted like a bully. You acted like a like a junior high school kid asking a guy for his lunch money like right. that. It was it, it was asinine, and that is top down. So now we can go to John Farrell on that. Like that doesn't happen on a Terry Francona team. It doesn't. It doesn't happen on a on a Joe Madden team. Good leadership starts at the top, obviously leadership, right? Yeah. But that stuff, like John I Farrell, know. I mean, has I, that the, what was the, the 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 first reaction I had was what was the most similar thing that we'd seen happen, right? In, in you know. In modern Red Sox history, was Manny Ramirez going after, um, blanking on, yeah, uh, on the, the gentleman's the, name? Yeah, I know. McCormick. Tra- yeah, Jack McCormick, right? And, and that was under Francona's watch, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that was, it was bullying. It was, you know, it was for, for a lot of the reasons, you know, a, a lot of the things that's, it's a similar thing, right? Um, is it just because Manny was, not driving the personality of the team, he was such an anomaly that it, it was like you just treated it totally differently. And th- in this case, Price says, "I'm representing my team, right? I'm not like that was an isolated personality that they knew had issues, etc., 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 and they were willing to put up with the talent. Here, you've got someone that's doing it and saying that that essentially they're speaking for the team, they're speaking up for the team, they're trying to be a leader, and this is how they're going to lead." I guess that, to me, would be the major difference between the two and why you can put some of that on Farrell where Francona was probably managing Manny to isolation at that point. Like, just, you, you know, that wasn't going to yeah. impact the rest of the team. This yeah, that's a, I mean, that's a fair comparison. I don't actually remember what, what, if any, disciplinary action was thrown in that, but that's a great comparison. Was there a disciplinary action? Was there a suspension? I don't remember which exactly which year it was. Was that the year you got dealt out of town? Might have that been. was the, I think that was the disciplinary rea- reaction, but I, I don't I don't remember the timeline off the top of my head, and I didn't you know think to research it ahead of time. But that yeah, to no, me that was a, the one comparison, comparison that 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 came to mind, and it's it's tangibly different insofar as it's Manny Ramirez, and everything around Manny Ramirez is tangibly different than any other player, right? But yeah, but, and the other thing too is this is a pattern with David Price. I mean, he did it to to uh, was it McAdam? And I mean, Drellick was the main. Uh, yep punching bag in that thing but i think mcmad mcadam was also was he in the crossfire a little bit there i hadn't seen that or someone there was someone yeah. it wasn't mcadam because mcadam was let go right at the time uh from yeah i don't think he was back with the with the there was another uh reporter that they both he ambushed both of them and it listen if you can't take it and if you can't take it from this like, i mean look this this media is is probably as team friendly and this is and and also not only team friendly, but they're as junior a group, right? As I think Red Sox baseball has ever had. Yeah, and there's, they're um, there's no grumpy old men here. <laughs> well, except Pete Abe. But, well, yeah. and he's he's, the, he's you know he's, he's the biggest. He's, yeah, I was gonna say he's the team friendliest person out there. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's 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 not that hard. It's not that hard. And what did – I mean, I don't even understand what Dennis Eckersley said. Like, I watched that game. I remember the game. Like, 
he said he, he didn't cover first. Like, and and two more runs scored because of that dipshit. Like, yep. it was a big, it was a big play. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if it's the, if it was a, a you know the, an ice isolated was, comment yeah. or whether it was I mean, you know. He put up Eduardo things. Rodriguez's stat, and that's the other thing is it, it was he was pissed that um he said it about him with covering their base, and then he disguised it around Eduardo right. Rodriguez's stats coming up, where he pitched like one inning and given up five runs, seven hits, four walks, yeah. whatever the hell the hell that is yuck. And he said, and he said yuck. And yeah. Well, that's yucky. <laughs> that, that certainly is yucky. Even if it's a rehab, I mean, he, 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 that's not a judgmental like this player is not going to be have you know turn it around or this play, you know that's that's a hey that's not a good. And line. you ambush him and you say here he is one of the the, the greatest pitcher that ever pitched. Hey, isn't newsflash, David Price? He is one of the greatest pitchers. Right. Well, that, that was the other thing that was really interesting <laughs> to me about the about the way it went down. It's like so, someone's got to do some insult coaching. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, what did you say? Like, thanks. I, I hear that a lot, especially every <laughs> year I'm at the Hall of Fame. <laughs> oh, man. Um, all right. So, so do you tie that incident, you know, directly to kind of the, you know, the downfall since pre-All-Star, just leading into the All-Star break uh, of of this team, which seemed like it was turning it all on, putting it all together. Um, it is it this off? Did this off the field stuff start to infiltrate and impact this team on the field, or are are there significant on the field issues that are driving this? You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't think they're on the. Field. I just don't think they're a great team. To like, they're they're a they they have bullpen problems. You know, they ha- they miss again. Like I went, and I didn't think this would be a big deal, but they missed David Ortiz's bat significantly within that lineup just to kind of keep things going moving and uh when pd's now hurt you you have right now you have uh ben attendee struggling you have bets kind of having a good i mean he's he's still a good player but he's not having the best he's having an okay year right like you know i mean it's not great jackie bradley jr was you know first two months not good now he's he's hot they it's, but it's just not coming together. You know, yeah. you had Mitch Moreland that was great the first two months and has sucked since, but hit a big home run tonight. Uh, there's just no consistency through the lineup, which leads to like people have been talking like, you know, they squall. You watch a game with the Red Sox; they typically score all their runs in one inning. Yeah, like That's there true. are not a lot of multiple pile-on innings within where you put that rally. So it's like. All right, they got a rally together, but that's it for the night. There's no consistency constantly going through it. Uh, And, you know, the Nunez bat has been pretty surprising for me uh, watching that come over and and what he's bringing in the lineup. And that gives a lot of flexibility, some time off. Like Xander needs some time off, but now you have Petey that went on the um, the DL. DL, Yep. So it. I think that was a, that was a huge. I think that was a huge acquisition for this team, given. Exactly that the the flexibility that it, that it allows because I mean it he's obviously a much better I mean that's who else would have gotten those at bats in like last year it would have been a Josh Rutledge or like Brock Holt right. even who who's now kind of back and and having some impact but we know how far that goes I I look at this is the best utility player that we've we've had on the team since Brock Holt was an all star <laughs> right um, <Yeah. laughs> and uh, look look the. Rafael Devers coming in 
and doing what he's done so far, uh, I mean, if he can just hit 280 with some pop from the seven spot and play three quarters of the games coming home, that 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 would be huge for this team. It would allow the, Nunez to float around and give those days off and 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 take the other you know quarter of the games at third. Um, I, I mean, I think that that would be. Absolutely enormous, and I'm not going to put this season on that kid right now, right? But realistically, this season might fall on the shoulders of that kid right now. Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's been a black hole for a couple of years, right? The third base, and yep. he's he's up. He's he, he can do it. We we got to hope they don't find a hole in his swing. You know, they start attacking it. You know, the Will Middlebrook syndrome or, or whatever it may be, um, and that he can fight through it. But it's a lot of. It's a lot to put on him. This is different than Ben Attendee last year. Ben Attendee came in to complement things, like to, yeah. to to bring a spark. Devers uh, is coming to fix things. Yes, he, he's coming in <laughs> to, to fix a hole that we've had, again, for two years. I'm glad they did it, right? I'm glad they didn't go out. I mean, if um, – I I don't necessarily want the Yankees to get Todd Frazier, but I didn't really want Todd Frazier. I don't want to give if no, it was going to be type, nothing. Yeah, that's not the yeah. type of player for me that is going to make a difference for this team. Now, if so, and I didn't want to unload the farm and Devers for Manny Machado. I like though he's great. I definitely didn't necessarily want to do that, especially when you're eating nineteen million dollars a year yeah. at third base to begin with. You know, I I never thought the Machado stuff had any. I mean, there was no yeah. real legs there, so I didn't really think critically about it. Uh, I mean that that's a great player. So I mean, that, I would cons- I would that one I would consider Frazier. I absolutely wouldn't. Mm-hmm. Right, but but if I was gonna, if you were telling me that Devers and I mean, it's the other stuff you would have to give up, right? Like you would have had to give up a ton to get Machado yeah. uh, outside of Devers. Um, but I would I, that that would have been interesting if you had a real package that you could have shown me um, t- to look at for that. Uh, but I'm happy with. And, but also, I don't want to get Machado with... like necessarily in that situation because again, even with Devers playing well, I do not think this team is playoff like, like a playoff winning team. Like you got Chris Sale, that's fantastic. You, you you know you go back to the years with Pedro when it was like Pedro and then it was. Who was it? Steve Avery pitching next. Like right, it right, was right. It, Tim Wakefield. You know, yeah, Tim Wakefield. Uh, those those ninety nine, yeah, two thousand, two thousand one years before we kind of really kicked it on. Yep. There was nothing behind them. This is a very similar team. Now you don't have Darren Lewis in center field or, or things like that, but uh, it is not a team. I think once you get past Sale, that. You can count on anyone. I don't count on Porcel to go out there and shut down a team. No, I don't. Right. I mean, certainly don't count on David Price. I David mean, Pomerantz has been your second best pitcher all year, and, exactly. and even he has had his moments, right? Um, You're going to run into a thing with you know him again with the innings. Like, and by, I the, mean, and by the way, Paul, just to quickly put a put a bow around the the Pomerantz stuff. We saw, you oh. know, Espinosa is you know Tommy John surgery, um, you know, looking like he's might not pitch. You know, on a, a year and a half, and and that I mean, his big league path is now what, you know, two and a half years out. I mean, so I, I don't know what the Red Sox did know, uh, you know, um, but I think we can we can officially lay off um, the criticism that we were giving Dombrowski around the way that that deal went down at the end of last year. Didn't work out last year, 
But no. I think we'd rather be – last year we would have given him back. I think right now, obviously, you, you, you're, we're in the better position. So, you know, it's a win. Yeah, I, I, I'll, I'll you know, gladly eat my hat and, and say all the criticism I was giving Dombrowski about that at the time, um, you know, he, he deserves the, the recant on that. Um, but yeah, you're right. The the pitching, the inconsistency of the starting pitching has been, you know, has been maddening. Oh, and you know, the the bullpen health hasn't helped. I mean, look, the bullpen ERA third, what third best in the American League? It's they were it's, bad for a while, and like, it's I mean, but but it's, it's not it's not just. I mean, it's it's not just the it's not the overall performance that bothers me. It's the performance in very specific situations when you know that Matt Barnes is going to give this one up, for example. Or you know, Like, there like, are so Sunday, many times... Right? Was it Sunday? Like, you just kind of felt like it wasn't going to be Matt Barnes' day. Wait, like I, got he... a, I got a question. We're watching the game right now, mm-hmm. and um, I don't know who was up for the... Re- Hanley hits a ball deep into the bullpen. The guy catches it and falls into the bullpen with the ball. Is that a home run, Paul, or is that an out? I believe it's an out. It, does it depend on where he caught it? If he caught it in play and then it carried him over, if he was reaching over the wall and the ball was on the other side of the wall when he caught it. In this case, the ball was over the fence when he caught it and he continued to go over. I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. Right. Is it being the, reviewed? What, it's being reviewed. What been? It's being reviewed. So just, just to be clear, the ball is clearly over the – it's a fantastic catch. Holy crap. It, it's like Torrey Hunter going over the wall with David Ortiz except he caught the ball. Um, yeah, he clearly it, and it's where Jackie Bradley caught the ball in the triangle. I mean, that's an incredible play. But if you look, the ball is in the bullpen. It's over the wall when it hits his glove. It is out of play and it continues to stay out of play. He didn't bring it back in play at any point. He went over. I'm going to guess that the rule and I don't know, but I'm going to guess that the rule states that that's a home run, that if he had made the catch you know, inside the plane of the wall and oh, gone over, that it would have been an out. That's, what that's, is, that's um, my guess. All right. I'm going to go the opposite, and I think it's an out. But I don't know. That's one of the weird things. Like, I've kind of – there was a time that that would have been a home run. I specifically remember that, that you had to stay on the other side of the fence. You oh, they called over. it an out. Yeah. That's what I – I did believe that rule somewhat changed. Or there was an interpretation along the side of it. Um, and I don't have the volume on, so I can't hear the commentary. But you know, it and would I don't make... have the game on, Tim. So <laughs> ah, well, there we go. It would make sense to me, Paul, that if the if the ball it was over the fence and essentially out of play, and then you caught it and you never brought it back in, that like that should be to me that would be an out. But I don't know. My 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 belief on that, if we're gonna handle yeah. this, is his body was in play. When he caught the ball, therefore, his body the was is, in play. Is it, yeah, in play. Well, that's interesting. That's interesting. Either way, it is. It is a loud out. Red Sox remain down seven to five on a day that Chris Dale's pitching. That's a lot. Here's of the question. Yeah, yeah. We got today's game. You know, they won last night, which I was quite honestly surprised. You have Fister coming out there in a in a pinch, and he pitched a hell of a game. Uh, you know, just when you thought that guy was on the on the trash heap, he comes in and pitches it when when they truly need him because David's arms hurting him really bad and they need an extra starter along the way. <laughs> um, they come out today. You got Sale going. You think, wow, this is going to be. Um, we're going to take two of them. 
Cleveland's the best team in the American League. If they drop this series, is that the end of John Farrell? Is it? Well, look, you have to go so, one way or the other. So here, here, here's I guess You're the one, for the year, yeah. or you got to get rid of him. So one way to answer this is if you fire him, what is next? Like what? And, and well, the answer is Gary D. Sarcina, right? And he's undefeated, I believe, in games. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but 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 that is the answer, right? Like it, it's your choice right now is because you you kind of have to make a decision with the what is the alternative, and the alternative in this case could be anyone but Farrell, and that could be a positive answer, kind of like the anyone but Valentine answer was good, and that's what led us to Farrell. Um, yeah, I look, I, I'm anytime it happens is good by me. Like I really like I'm I would. Be all for goodbye, it. Farrell. Uh, yeah, goodbye, Farrell. Um, I I don't I don't think they're gonna do it, Paul. I think yeah, they're gonna ride I, out. I, mean, I, I think they're gonna ride like, out this I thought season. maybe after the KC series it was gonna be it, and then I came into this one. I was like, maybe a sweep by Cleveland does it. Here's the thing: it seems like whenever there is absolute desperation, the Red Sox pull out a win, and and everyone's kind of forget. Like from a management standpoint, they're kind of thinking, well, they won. We'll see what happens the next game. But if you watch since the All-Star break, they win one, lose two, lose three, whatever yeah. it may be. They win one, they lose two. Like, it's just – it's not there. Like, it is not there. You got uh, Chicago coming in after this series. You've turned over the reins. Maybe they – you know, there's a spark. You just – it's easy. I don't want to say easy games. They're all tough games, but Chicago's not great. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, you, you get off on the right foot here with uh, De Sarcina, and you see where things go. Right, maybe. Well, and the other thing that we if you're gonna fire, if you're gonna fire Farrell at the end of the year, right? Because right at, at the end of the day, if they don't advance in the playoffs, or if he makes bonehead things, or they don't even he's get into the playoffs, he's got to be gone. And if you don't think you have the team to win it in the playoffs, which I don't think that, I'm sure the ownership might think differently, but I don't think they do. Why not see what you have with De Sarcina to see if you have to make another move in another direction in the off season? I totally agree. I I think that the you what you learn. From putting De Sarcina in there is worth m- making the move in the season. Like Farrell's not going to. Farrell's not. They he's are not, what they are. He's, he's not, not going to change we this dramatically, right? At the end of the last, we were told he was a shitty in-game manager by the guy that is his boss. He said <laughs> this guy. He didn't say he's a shitty in-game. But he essentially <laughs> said. In-game management isn't the most important thing. The most th- the thing that John brings is to be able to cohesion in the clubhouse and and leading a team. Well, this year he's proved he can't do that. Right. Even though I never thought he could, but he now it's proven that he can't. You got Rogue David Price. You know you have. Well, Pedroia. you had Rogue Pedroia. Now you, you got Rogue Price screaming from the dugout saying, "That's not on me. That's on him." Pretty much, call, I mean, we can all assume it's either the pitcher or the manager that he's right. calling out in that situation that ordered the code red. And um, then you have Pedroia potentially screaming on the plane as well, behind applauding um, David Price's uh, bullying efforts. Uh, and you have the manager then going on the radio and saying, no, I, I haven't apologized to to Dennis Eckersley. Uh, we have a professional relationship. Uh, but no, there's no, no apology. Classy. Classy yeah. guy. I, I just don't – I don't have a lot of respect for John Farrell. I don't know how the players have a lot of respect for John Farrell. I don't think they do, Tim. Well, that's it's the like... point. I think that's where they're at, right? I don't think that these players really have a lot of love or respect for John Farrell. And and I think 
especially with the younger players. So here's an interesting thing. So I listened to a little bit of uh, Johnny Gomes on uh, OMF. Uh, I saw. I, I heard. I heard a little bit of it. I didn't hear a lot. Yeah. I, I liked. The, by the way, I Lou talking to other other ball players always brings out the best in, in, well, in any, Maloney yeah. and we I, mean, I just think those are great radio. conversations. Lou Lou is actually really improved as a host. Like you know, because he had a couple few days there with yep. uh, or week or so without Ordway there, and uh, he's he's done a great job as a host. But so what I, I made fun of like. Johnny Gomes, non-critical Johnny jo- Gomes, like, you know, see the positive and everything, stupid play, let's find the positive out of it um, and talk about why he was making that decision, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. It's just I, you don't need to treat these people with K-gloves. Direct question from – I believe it was Lou because I don't think Christian has the brain to ask a question. But... <laughs> Christian asked about uh, whether Johnny ate uterus. That was Christian's yes, question. Yeah, yeah that was yeah, Christian. Yeah. Well done. Before that, prior to that um, – he asked, "Does someone asked, does John Farrell deserve the criticism that he gets, or something along those lines?" And it, and it, the the answer you expected out of Johnny Gomes was no, no. You know, he doesn't. He's a great manager, a great leader. This is what you heard, yes. <laughs> and then it was like a pause for like five, five well, in radio terms, five seconds. He, he was trying uh, to realize whether he was going to lose his job or be sent out. And then he followed it like up Kirk essentially Manane. with, this is a tough town, the generic answer. This is a tough town. These people, this is a nation. Um, people are going to be critical. Uh, no, but you said he deserves the criticism that he gets. Yep. You said that. You played for him under the like the year that he was the uh, World Series champion. I believe he – was he back the next year, Johnny Gomes? So maybe there was something along the – here's the thing. Johnny Gomes won a World Series with this guy, and he says that he deserves the criticism that he yeah. gets. So don't tell me he has the respect of the players in the locker room. I know you're not, but ownership would tell me that. Dave Dombrowski will tell me that. Well, and look, the not. truth is, Paul, in 2013, he might have had the respect of those players. Those were veteran players. He was th- – th- that was not a rocky clubhouse. That you know that there, There's a lot of reasons why I think that situation might have worked out well for him. But I can tell you for damn sure that right now – this team does not, and that last year, if it weren't for David Ortiz, and maybe David Ortiz and John Farrell were good buddies, and that helped the entire locker room, right? Maybe Ortiz held every, held everything together in that respect with the manager, in the, in the same, you know. But it, without Ortiz there, it's clear to me that you know Farrell doesn't really have any connection, in my opinion, to this team and these players. No, and so. Yeah, I, and you know what? Like, I think that it, it hasn't helped the. This team has been, you know, just bitten enough by injury that that they've never been able to string, you know, a consistent group and line up together for an extended period of time to let them all get hot at the same time. You had that one brief snippet toward before the All Star break where it looked like it might start to happen, um, but. But I will say there hasn't been a lot of opportunity for momentum to take hold and to wash away these problems because of just a nagging injury here, a nagging injury there, um, and, and I think that's hard in a baseball season to manage to not to manage through in Farrell's for for a team to get through um, and to keep momentum going. So I think there are extenuating circumstances as well uh, as to why this team is where where it's at. Um, with a 12 and 13 month in July. 
Um, but I, I'm all for giving Di Sarcina a shot and seeing what he has coming home because if you keep Farrell there, they're, it's not going to change things dramatically. If you bring Di Sarcina in or elevate him and get rid of Farrell, it might change something. Right. Well, you need something to be changed. So to me, that's the way you go. Yeah, and it's again like you, 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 the only thing you're risking is getting to a point where you can't terminate him because he was successful enough not to not yeah. to terminate, um, and then you go through another year of this whole entire thing again. So, but well, let's go back to performance on the field for a second. Um, how many, if any, players are performing to or above their expectations this year? Because we've talked a lot, like 2013, everybody was above, right? Last year, a lot of people were performing above expectations, which led us to the whole conversation. Do we have to revisit our expectations for this team and what we think they're capable of? Um, yeah. This year, we had pretty high expectations. It feels to me like a lot of them are performing below expectations. But I really want to think critically about it. Is anyone outside of Chris Sale who's pitching... I mean, he's phenomenal, and that's what we expected. So, I mean, is he outperforming expectations? Yes. Yes, I mean, he he's is. Not, he's, Even though he's you thought, a, but like, yeah. but Craig Kimbrell, obviously, we give him all the credit um, yeah. uh, for that. Drew Pomerantz. Pomerantz yeah. has outperformed expectations. That's a, that's a good answer. Uh, uh, anyone in the lineup, Paul? Cause, outperforming? Outperforming. Um. And you can't, I mean, De- Devers too soon, can't tell, right? Like, yeah, can't. I mean, Christian Vasquez one, maybe has yeah, I actually, I, don't, I mean. I, I don't throw him in there. I mean, I would say as expected. So you can go yeah. down as expected. I think that's what you look at in the lineup is as expected. I think Jackie Bradley Jr., as expected, could be outperforming based off of you cut He'd off He'd be the closest, bottom. right? I mean, yeah. like, he, he's definitely at least at a level where you would be happy his career be <laughs> yeah. offensively. Yeah, you can't it's, really it's, say that about anyone else. More than what we would want, like yeah. than we would expect. Um, Maybe Dustin Pedroia, Paul, right? Definitely to Pedroia, but he's on. He's injured now. Yeah. I, I mean, I think. I mean, Pedroia has doesn't have the power, but um, right before he went on that that last three weeks, ever since the All Star break, he he's been tearing the ball up like yep. um, very. And he, forget it. I I know at some point in July. He had not committed an error all year. I don't know if that's still on the case, but he still I, – I, I don't think he has committed an error. That's, that's and he doesn't amazing. He doesn't shy away from the hard plays either, which no. is awesome, which makes it even more amazing when you think about him defensively and some of the – just the consistency n- numbers-wise is he makes all the hard plays. <laughs> uh, obviously, no one at third. Uh, Bogarts is, is below expectations. He Well, again, there was a time there up until this – Thing that he was actually probably above, but you can't even say that because you were expecting more power out of right. him. Not well, and then he gets hit power. by the pitch in that yeah. in the hand, and that then things kind of fall apart. And you look that uh, is that surprising? You get hit by a yeah. pitch in the hand, and you got lingering biggest, hand issues. The biggest surprise, and I don't want to call it a disappointment because I still very much believe in this player, and I think he's going to be great. Is just the streakiness that is around Andrew Benintendi. Yeah. Um, it is there is there's nothing consistent about his game right now from an offensive standpoint, uh, but that will come. I have all the confidence in the world that will come. 
And, and what do you, what about Mookie? We talked about. I mean, obviously, we we had great expectations for yeah, he was going to be you know next to Mike Trout, the second most impactful player in the in the American League and MVP candidate. Um, yeah, I think uh, Mookie comes down to I think at the end of the year when we look at his stats, you know we're going to see him somewhere around twenty eight to thirty home runs, close to a hundred RBIs, um, and about a two seventy to to two eighty batting average. Um, and I think where we where where he's underperforming uh, is we expected that batting average probably to be somewhere between three ten to three thirty. Yeah. Um, maybe a little bit more pop, but uh, overall, well, an OPS in the nine uh, hundreds would be nice, yeah. right? Like, yeah. but but more I, importantly for me, Paul, with Mookie, it's it. I, he clusters his hits and his RBIs and his, his impact on games right now, and then he disappears. And yeah, that's no, that's that can't happen for the person that was supposed to, to be the mantle in the team. That's like one of the problems. Like we we talk about with this team, yes. it, it it it's been clustered all year. And then you even talk about it even further. It it's not. There was one game over the week. I think, yeah, it was Saturday night's game. I think which was forever, but uh, it was. Um, you know Nunez coming up and like making some plays and and the, like home runs and things like that. There's no There's no things like that anymore where you just kind of feel like oh oh we kept the inning alive and this guy's coming up and it's going to it's going to yeah. happen. That kind of happened in the second inning today for the Red Sox. Like that was a great second inning, but they've been dead ever since. Right, um, right. As far as I know, like uh but you know you, you come up you got runners on first and second, one out and uh you, Moreland jacks a three-run home run. And it's like, "Wow. Oh, okay." And then they and then the inning keeps going. They they're battling hits on hits, but there's no consi- that inning ends and it's like it all goes away. Yep. Speaking of Nunez, quickly, we touched on earlier, but the did you have Gabe Kapler flashbacks, Paul? <laughs> that was very similar, right? To the that's the, unbelievable. <laughs> well, Kapler was amazing, and that we were, uh, we went right those we went yeah, to we those we, games, we but, were right in the thick of of, of the week of Kapler. <laughs> yeah, and that was uh, what did he he started seven for eight, I think, with like in the, with like three it's home like runs, three, right? Three home runs, yeah, it was like crazy. Uh, uh, yeah, it was very similar to that. So Paul, if this t- we haven't really touched on the trade deadline and and any we haven't touched at all on the competition, um, if the Red Sox get Addison Reed, which look they needed bullpen help. That's good bullpen help. One thing then, we know, Tim. Yeah, when we trade for a bullpen arm, it works out. <laughs> well, that's a good point. I mean, think about how much different this bullpen would be if they had Joe Kelly, um, Carson Smith, Tyler Thornburg. <laughs> yeah, um, it, would it would be significantly different. Uh, yeah. Now, maybe we'll never see those guys. I don't know, um, but I think that I think Reed at least gives them a fighting chance in the eighth. You know, leading up to Kimbrough. I mean, I think that was a that was an important acquisition, um, and. Good. It gives it keeps them in play this season. Um, yeah. Did you expect them to do more? If they were to do more, was there anything that interested you um, as that the right type of move for them to make this year? Um, because I think no. they were a little handcuffed. I didn't see a lot out. I didn't see a lot yeah, of plays for them. I don't know. I don't know. Like, because you have to look at what they need, right? Um, and overall, which. Well, what about Sonny Gray? Goes to the Yankees. Would that have been a player that you would have? I don't even know who the Yankees for. gave up for. But who they gave the up their without... five, seven, and and like 
ten prospects, like to three mm-hmm. top. But these guys last year, two years ago, were their one, five, and six. You know what I mean? Like, and they've because other people have elevated in the organization and they've played a, a little under. They've come back. But these are three good prospects. It was not, you know, I don't know who a comparison would be in the Red Sox farm system because it, you know, we've traded all those guys. <laughs> I know that's a th- like you got to figure out who. But I mean, but let's it, say this. Th- I mean that's. Um, is that similar? It, how does the price compare to sale? You know, I think obviously Moncada was was a higher top end talent than anyone the Yankees gave up, but I think. I, I don't think the Red Sox gave up dramatically more outside of that, right? So, like the the, the best prospect was had a, had a higher ceiling. Kopchik has a higher ceiling, but he's not as good as some of the guys. You know, the the Yankees gave up. Uh, you know, in the rankings, uh, yeah. I think it was a stiff price. It was a fair price, it was, and it was the right move for the Yankees to make. They've got the talent to go do it, and Gray's under contract for what? They've got him for two seasons after this. Yeah, like that's, that's the thing. So, what was Dar- what's Darvish's contract like? Well, he's he... up at the end of this year. He's a free agent. Yeah, so that so that so that's there's something that you could have got. But then, what are you giving up to get him? So it's 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 not a right fit because that's where they need they needed another consistent starter because. But you know, someone that they would also have next year. Yeah, and the exactly. Year. Like that, the, the Sunny Gray deal. But apparently, was you can't rely respect. on a thirty-one million dollar a year pitcher right, to right. actually come here and perform. <laughs> um. So. I just didn't see. I didn't see a whole lot of you know uh, of moves that made a lot of sense for this team to make, knowing that not any one of them was going to put this team over the top. The only chance this team has, realistically, Paul, at being you know, a threat in the playoffs is if all the players start playing above their expectations. We just talked; most of them are below. If they all turn it around, it's a totally different story. Yeah, but you've run into the thing in the playoffs against them. Again, last year, they all played above their expectations. But you start facing that good pitching in the postseason. If, you know, the hitting goes away, you have to match the pitching. We don't have the match on the pitching. Um, uh, maybe, maybe, what, you get sailed twice in a five-game set, right? Then so you just got to win out one other. We didn't win the World t- We didn't win the World Series in, in 99. We didn't win it in 2000. Right. We didn't win it in 2001. Fair because we were talking the same thing. When does Pedro pitch his second game? Yeah. Like, it, it's irrelevant. You have to get to the point where you can get there. If you win the first game and lose the next two, then you make the decision, do I want Pedro for game four to keep it going or sale for game four right. to keep it going or do I want to save him for game five so I can close it up? But you're still ho- – in that you case, you're still hoping to win game four. <laughs> That's a good point. Very true. Um, but back to – so – Let's talk about the Yankees for a quick second here. Um, look, they've they've they doubled down on a hot start. They've I think Cashman this has been his best year as a general manager um, that I can remember him having. I think he's made no. Last, almost... you go back to last year with the trades that he made. Well, and that's true. Was, you know that put him in the position for this year. Uh, the Yankees, the Yankees could have went one of two, obviously one of two ways, but they have the hot start. They literally fall to the basement they're absolutely horrible Uh, i like for a month over a month pretty much out of it we're standing there five and a half games are something happens after the all-star break we start losing games they start winning games judge isn't playing well but they're still winning games and all of a sudden they see an opportunity and cashman can go either like this i could trade chapman again reload you know because maybe this isn't our year and they 
just went the other way. Yep. Doubled down, made their team better, and they didn't deplete their prospects at all in the process of doing it. They're well, going that, for it this year. Yeah. Probably not everything to win it, but gets the fan base engaged, keeps them involved in the summer, and then next year on, and they have a lot of money, a lot of money to spend on future free agents. Uh, this Cashman turned this team from the dead uh, for a long period where they were not going to be able to be competitive based off of contracts that they had yeah. and no farm system into they're well on their way to being a perennial powerhouse uh, sooner rather than later. Yes, I totally agree. I th- and, I, and I think right now you have to put them as the favorites in the American League East the rest of the way home. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, but I, I still don't think the American League. I don't think anyone in the American League. I mean, I think it's it's Cleveland um, or again. Kansas City. Who or once Kansas again City, the way that jumps them they, into the playoff think about race. The month, think about the April Kansas City had and where they are right yep. now. Yep. I mean, that is crazy. I remember if they if they had not rebounded, maybe Mustakis and his thirty home runs are your third baseman, right? <laughs> Instead, yeah, that was that was know. a move that was available that I I would have. Well, know, it was available been, a month ago. No, right. I meant like if it had, oh, if it had yes. stayed available towards the deadline, right. I would have I would have explored every option to try and see what made that uh, possible. Right. Um, no, I agree. I agree with that. Um, he just doesn't look like a baseball player, does he? No. Like he looks, he looks like the old Steve Balboni. <laughs> um. So, all right. Let's quickly kind of fast forward. Uh, if we don't think this team has it right now, right? to be a, a, a playoff-winning team. Um, wh- what do they need? Like, wh- what, is the th- what are the things that they need to have happen for them for you to then elevate them? And outside of fire the manager and get someone that knows what they're doing, right? Like, that, let's just put that as, as table yeah, stakes. So, well, 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 I mean, uh, in the, on Henry the field. Owen, Henry Owens pitching like Henry Owens should pitch would be. No, it, literally, Tim, it, we can have this conversation for – Three hours on, you know, for this show. It comes down to a thirty-one million dollar pitcher pitching like a thirty-one million dollar pitcher. Like it comes down to him to nail down that second spot in the rotation and make literally make it that sale pitches you pitch, and those are two wins you can put on the board, and you're fighting for one out of the next three as a team. Um, that's during the season, (laughs) like because they have the pitchers, they have Porcello, um, Pomerantz, and uh, Eddie. Like yep. those three, all three of those can get hot as well. But you, you can allow those three to be streaky. You can't be streaky if you're David Price. Right. All right. So let, let's. We haven't even mentioned Hanley Ramirez, and he's probably to me the the biggest reason why this offense has not shown the pop that you know, like and 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 kind of put it together yeah, i really thought the flexibility of the dh when he just has made that position and you know no flexibility not again. flexible and and like just you know no impact yeah <laughs> uh yeah and so if look what, what do they need better production on the dh better production on a third base better production on a first base better right? production Left field, better production. But, 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 but so left field, center field, right? Like those guys, you feel like you've got the players there. Oh, yeah, definitely. That they're, you know, that they, you're not going to make big moves. I mean, what are you going to do? Trade Ben and get a, you know, if you have the opportunity to pick trade. up a Giancarlo Stanton, would you do that? No. no. To create time for, 
You know, like a big because where are you going to put a big power bat? First base, DH, or in the outfield, or left or right field. Yeah, right. I mean, and Mookie, and the other thing is like when you talk about a bad, like below expectation season. I just want to go back to Mookie real quick. Like his defense alone makes his season at average at worst. Like he's he or. At expectations of worse because he's improved. He was a good fielder. Yeah. He, he is the best right fielder in all of baseball to this day, today. Um, and again, let's keep in mind: three years ago, this guy was a second baseman. Yeah. So it, it is amazing what he's been able to do uh, from that standpoint. But but you're right. Like we, no, we, you talk about getting a Stanton. You talk about getting like. I love these to- stories too. I love fantasizing about these guys playing on the team and, and, and propelling us. But again, some bad moves by that have happened have crippled. I don't want to say have crippled this team, but you know, th- there's so many r- repercussions to going over the luxury cap that yeah. like a lot of people don't realize. Like there's draft pick, you know, co- uh, international signing uh, things that go into effect on that. There's it it hinders you from being able to produce a young team that can come up. So when you talk about bringing up Stanton and replacing him with, um, you know, re- trading Ben Attendee for him. Yeah. On, in, on paper, that works good, except Ben Attendee makes $550,000 a year and Stanton makes 20 something million dollars a year. Right. Like, and you're again, Panda's making $18 million to play in triple <laughs> a San Francisco that we're paying that we that goes towards our luxury cap which goes begs to a bigger thing like teams need some out like football like just to like we made a mistake we're still paying this guy but yeah. you can't penalize us this can't be on our towards the cap i i kind of agree with that but then i think all right if you if you don't put that penalty on then specifically people are, if the guy's playing for another team but but here's the so if you don't put that penalty on what's really going to happen people are, the contracts are only going to go up because you can you can easily more easily eat bad contracts. So it, it I think it actually starts to have a weird negative impact. I, I don't think it works to to just say like that doesn't count against the cap because I think it actually incentivizes the thing that is wrong in the first place. I don't know what I mean. Look, guarantee contracts. Um, just kind of I have no problem that they're guaranteed. Like, I mean, guaranteed contract. A contract is a contract. I think it should be guaranteed. And football, take notice. Like, it. I mean, it. People get hurt. Like, I get that the thing's guaranteed, but there should be a write-off provision that you're allowed, like one every until, and then you're allowed one, and then once until that, well, that contract could, is so done. That is, <laughs> all right. Now, now I think if you if you if you fine tune it that way, I kind of like that. You're allowed. You're allowed to have one contract player that's not on your team anymore written off for the life of that contract and it doesn't count against the salary cap i'd be yeah. down with that one yep because I, I, mean, I don't think that's going to be something because i'll tell you what it's going to hurt the players in the next collective bargaining agreement it's all coming from the red Sox. like they are um it's just it's just not right i mean it's like it's not right that he can be making the league minimum in, in san francisco um, and producing for, and I think, again, I think he might be able to produce. He was a guy that was unhappy here, right? Yep. Like it's the best that he was released. Uh, it's best for him. It's best for the Red Sox, but you know, say he goes back to the 270 hitter and the all in the wor- world series hero that he has been in the past, you know, the Red Sox are paying 18 and a half million dollars of that, of 
his money, like to right. play for another team, and they get no break from that. Uh, and San Francisco and Panda get to reap all the benefits of that. That doesn't it doesn't seem right to me. Yeah, I, I, the, all good questions. I mean, I, I I agree that there's something, yeah, that, that it should be looked at. I think you just need to be careful of the ramifications to letting big market teams have more leniency to stay under the tax. I think that that starts well, to strike at competitive balance, right? Like, I think that makes it harder, it, you know, for yeah. But I don't know. I I I really have to think about the economics of it more. Um, but I, I my worry is that 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 rule gets exploited by the haves more than the have-nots. Yeah. And, and that, you know, I never think that's a good, uh, a good thing for the game overall when you make it easier for the haves to, you know, to wield their might. Um, but, all right, Paul. So let's end our show with, um, will Farrell be around the next time we talk? By the way, uh, by the way, wait, wait, wait. I, I, I preempt. I preempt this by another Eduardo Nunez uh, bases loaded, uh, two run, three run double yeah, so <laughs> off the wall. <laughs> Unbelievable! They're, they're... <laughs> wow. Well, that's funny because I just have Nunez up. I just pulled it up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Basically, a three run double, and then he takes third on the throw in. This guy's unbelievable, Paul. Yeah. <laughs> Um, all right. And off Andrew Miller, nonetheless. Yeah. Wow, <laughs> so, that's crazy. Um, all right. Back to back to my question. Um, we tried to wait out John Farrell for a whole half of a season. We didn't do a show. He, he, he stuck it to us. We finally caved. Will he still be here the next time we talk, Paul? Yeah, he will be because, I mean, this game, they're going to end up winning this game <laughs> most likely. And... <laughs> That's a win series against Cleveland. This is this this is the end of the like. This is when you have to make the decision to go one way or the other. Yeah. Um. He looks like he's going to come out of it again. He's got 500 lives. Uh. He's going to win this series at worst two to three, and he will be the manager for the rest of the year. Um, it, I mean, it, realistically, when's the latest that a contending team has fired their manager in, in baseball? Like, I I don't I the only context the only example I can think of the you know, when uh. Was it Steve Fisher came in and and with Michigan won the uh yeah won the NCAs coming in? Hockey does it all the time. Baseball, uh, I mean, uh, yeah, I don't I don't know the latest. Um, I don't know either. I'll, that's yeah. if, if we have any listeners that want to look that up for us, go ahead yeah. and send me a tweet because I don't know the answer. But like, I think you're 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 correct that like we're starting to get at the point where if you, you if the team sucks enough for a long enough time that you would consider firing Farrell after this. They're pretty much played themselves out of the race, right? By the right. time yeah. you fire so them. Yeah. So there's he no benefit be, to doing it. At yeah, that he point. could be fired, at, you know, mid-September, but it, it, he's fired at the mid-September if they're five out of the second wild card spot, which is yeah. going to be tough to get to. Well, all right. Our, 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 uh, Farrell won. We lost. But... You all won because we're back on the air. Uh, Paul, until our next show next year, uh, I'll talk to you later. Later.